my Heidi Mikey, and a heart like a welcome to the panel on RNZ National. Today, what the Rugby World Cup means to Kiwis, our guest just after four has researched this, and you know what people are saying? Women's rugby is a better watch than the men's game. You agree with that? The final is tomorrow night. Ever had a gift card and you pull it out and guess what's expired? A bill to extend the gift card minimum expiry date to three years was pulled from the ballot yesterday. A new poll also today has given some insights into why voter turnout in the local elections was so low. And when asked what stopped you from voting, one in ten non-voters said they didn't receive their voting papers. One in ten, did that happen to you? And many of you might know the famous poles that have stuck out of the waves at Sinclair Beach in Dunedin, uh, immortalised in black and white images. Uh, they want, or the new mayor wants them back. They washed away. Uh, we ask, um, is there any point uh, beside them looking pretty? You can text us, 2101. You can email the panel at rnz.co. .nz. With me today, Julia Hartley-Moore from Julia Hartley-Moore Limited. Uh, if you need a private investigation, there are the people to go to, apparently. Julia, welcome. Thank you, Wallace. Good to be here. Good to have you. And Max Harris, who's a legal researcher, writer, action station campaigner. He was uh, in the former uh, team for Fessor Collins. Kia ora, Max. Kia ora, Wallace. Nice to be on again. Kia Very ora, good. Julia. Yeah. Now, Hiya, Max. Uh, we're all here. Now, um, dipping into the Friday Malbec, and by the way, uh, do take care on the roads this afternoon, particularly if you are in the Coromandel where there's been a, a fair bit of uh, heavy uh, surface waters, a bit of flooding there. So if you are in the Coromandel, why don't you text me 2101 and uh, give me a live update on how things are there at the moment. But uh, climate activists are defacing great works of art, Van Gogh, Picasso. We had an art curator on yesterday who said the artworks they're the innocent victims in all this and our two panellists agreed. Lathan doesn't, he says I'm a 19 year old any activism is fine. Many politicians and corporations are helping climate change to worsen every day. Ron says Wallace, if the protesters actually targeted the world's top polluters, then they would make a difference. Instead, innocent art suffers. Um Matt in Dunedin says, where have your panellists been for the past 20 years? We won't have any artworks left in 100 years if we don't act now. It has come to this because we are blindly carrying on with hope. And Bronwyn says, look, I'm 72 and I totally support the people gluing themselves to artworks. We won't have any works if we keep on going the way we are. I was arrested for blocking traffic in 1981 and I'll do it again. Thank goodness we have people with the courage to do these things. Around the panel on this, Max, where do you stand on this? Innocent artwork suffering? Well, uh, it's certainly got people talking, hasn't it? Um, the, the sort of spate of recent um, activist attempts, yeah, to to do things with artwork. I know in a couple of cases, um, uh, the, the artworks have actually been protected. Um, yeah, on balance, I think it's been an effective way to to grab attention, but I do agree that um, it's important to target um, the, the major polluters who are contributing to climate change the most. What do you think, Julie? Does has it made I you take notice? Totally agree. I mean, I, I, what, did I see some artwork in Paris being, you know, mm-hmm. um, vandalized? So, look, that, that's a, that, target the people responsible, not not the not the art. 
But if you target people responsible, Julia, no one takes notice. That's the problem. If you put up a flag in oh, an oil rig, they don't take notice. But um, if you if you throw soup oh, sure. at a war hole or, or the sunflowers by Van Gogh, all of a sudden the whole world's talking about it. Well, but in, okay, so, well, yeah, like, like Max said, it is getting people talking. But even so, um, I, sh- I think if they thought about it a bit more, they could find some very inventive ways of doing things. Okay. Uh, now, non-attendance at school, four in ten parents were comfortable with their child missing a week or more of school per term. Uh, Ruth Shinoda from the uh, Education Review Office said, quoting, we, what we found is that many New Zealand parents and students just don't prioritise going to school. Obviously, quite a nuanced issue, pretty fairly complicated. And I brought up the story yesterday of, um, well, a, a family I know who went skiing for a couple of weeks uh, in the term time because, you know, they thought it was life education. Um, Richard says there needs to be consequences for non-attendance at school. I would suggest that there are term tests at primary and secondary school. And if you don't pass, then you don't go to the next year level until you pass. It will not be up to the school to provide missed lessons. The parents will have to organise to catch up. Uh, Max, what about you? Can you recall back to the days of school, did you miss much term time? Um, Not a whole lot. And to be honest, one of the great things that I enjoyed about primary school, I went to Clyde Key in Wellington, which is a great school, was that there wasn't a lot of testing and there were were outlets to be creative. Um, I think it's a pretty tough time at the moment for young people and for families and I'm sure that's playing into into some of those attendance records. But what of the fact that four in ten parents were actually comfortable with their child missing a week or more of school term? And those who say um, we have the amongst the lower attendances in the world, we need to do better. Mm. That's surprising to me. Um, I suppose I have some sympathy, not a parent myself, but with families that want to give children a broad range of experiences of course um you know it is a good thing for kids to go to school um but i, I can see can see the pull of, of parents wanting to give their children a, a range of experiences uh, yeah i would like to to read more about that okay uh julia you, you can do that but you can give your kids a range of experiences when and they still go to school i mean I've got mm. to say, look, granted, I didn't go to school for very long. I left, mm. I was gone by the time I was 14, but okay. I, I still never skipped any school ever, ever. My parents wouldn't have tolerated that. And my girls went all the way through to lower 18 or set whenever the last, you know, the latest, latest time was that they left. So they yeah. were pretty, and they never skipped school. I mean, I, I wouldn't have had that, but my kids have traveled the world and, and have great experiences. So you can, you can do it all. Um, you know, yeah. you don't need school to, to teach them stuff or take them on big holidays. Do it during school holidays. You, you're an advocate, um, Julia, aren't you, that school is a part of life but not all of it? Oh, t- well, look, for me, as I've said many times on here, I'm very badly dyslexic. So I was told to leave school because there was just no point in me being there. We are told but to leave I, school? I, my, the head, the, my headmistress in the day, Mrs Anderson, I know she's dead now, um, told me that I would never amount to much because they didn't know what dyslexia was back there, and they just thought I didn't want to learn. It was that I couldn't, I couldn't learn. So there was but no, having, there was no support. There was no, we're going to. Oh, no, why? No, we're talking about. I mean, it was the early sixties, right? Right. So um, nothing, absolutely nothing. But my barrister Gosh. friend has always said 
He's always said, I might not have gone to the same university as him, but he said, Jules, you've been to university. Yours was just called the University of Life. <laughs> I probably learned far more out here in the world than I ever learned at school. All right. Uh, thank you uh, both. Now, uh, also today, uh, yesterday, I suggested that portion sizes these days are far too large in general. Um, the fact of the matter is it came up um, in the office when I said why it to a colleague who sits next to me. Um, why don't we share a pad thai, extra cashews? Uh, and uh, this person said, I'm not going to share. What the hell? Uh, I'm, I'm not a sharer. <laughs> I just said and that I... too, though. What was, sorry. Go on. Sorry. <laughs> what, Julia? I wouldn't have let you have any of my pad thai, but go on. Well, let me finish the story on that because I said, well, I can't eat a whole pad thai, but I can eat a half. My point being that I just find the portion sizes too too big. Uh, put a response here. With regard to the large portions, I'm elderly and I cannot eat the meals that are dished up in cafes. So I've taken to suggesting to places I go, they have a seniors menu like they have a kids menu. Great idea. Here, here's one. The portion sizes in Wellington cafes are off Puttingly large. I was brought up to eat everything on my plate, so it's tricky. They should have half portions available, more appetizing. And Lauren says portion sizes have really increased. Dinner plates are larger compared with 40 years ago. They look stingy if there's any porcelain showing. I don't know what you uh, think about that, uh, Max, whether you, uh, like I do, um, if you buy something, you have half of it and save the rest for the next day. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a great thing. Um, I live quite close to the Otahu Food Court, which is an amazing food court. And yeah, there are huge uh, portion sizes of the pad thai there. But you yeah, know, if you get see. two meals out of it, I think that's excellent. I mean, may, maybe if you've if you've got big portions, uh, yeah, you, the, the shops should be providing you know takeaway boxes so that you can have them. Oh yeah, time. Julia. Well, to be fair, um, I'm a great cook, and so. I know how much to cook and I've got a husband who eats like a truck driver and um, so that nothing goes to waste here. Okay, so you know your sizes because you cook for yourself. Good on you. Uh, it yeah. is five to five. We have Julia Hartley-Moore and uh, Max Harris on the programme this afternoon, Friday afternoon, Power Ballad Friday. Julia, take it away. What's your IBT for Friday? Well, Wallace, we mentioned, I mentioned this last time, it was about this age thing, about how people view age did you get a response and, oh huge was it was fantastic amazing how many people email me um when i get back from the show and i've got all these emails from people but look i had a girl ring the other day and she wanted me to find a couple uh, uh, for her um and she said look but i think you're going to have a hard time finding them because she said you know they're very elderly they could even be dead and I thought, oh, gosh, that's horrible, you know, because it was important. And I said, well, what age do you think they are? She said, oh, I know how old they are. The lady, the woman's 60 and the man's 71. And I thought, I said, do you know that you're talking to me and I'm nearly 69 and you're telling me that this woman could be dead because she's that old at 60? And, and the other day, and Steve was my witness, I had a caller ring in and they said to me, how she was saying, I'm old now, I'm very old. And I said, Oh gosh, how old are you? And she said, I'm 50. Oh, Tell me what what has happened to people? I mean, this never used to happen before. And now all I'm hearing is how old everybody thinks they are. And I think your 60s, and I'm sure people in their 70s will tell me, 
this is a fantastic age because you are who you are. You have a confidence you never had before. It's bloody marvelous to be here. Well, Wallace. you would you would love you would like to know, Julia, that we had a seventy five year old Mary on the program yesterday, who's next week is undergoing her black belt, her sixth darn karate black belt. See that what and so how she. And she is exactly the proponent of what you're saying about. She said, I am as fit as I've ever been, 75. How about that? Yeah, well, there you go. I mean, yep. and, I, and that's it. You've got to keep – It's, but it's a mind thing. It's, it's, it's in your head. All right. Your age is in your head. Kia ora, Julia. 2101, what's, what's your take on that? Max Harris, I've been thinking – Take it away. Yeah, so I've been thinking a little bit about um, coming out of COVID. So I don't know if you remember, but at the start of COVID, I feel like lots of people were having conversations about, you know, building back better and the pandemic being, you know, a portal into a different way of running society. And we sort of stopped talking like that for a couple of years. And I don't know why it is, but it sort of seems like in the last couple of weeks, more and more people are reopening that conversation. New Zealand Herald's Mm -hmm. running a series kind of on the new New Zealand, been some, some pieces about this. And Part of what I've been thinking about is kind of who's done well out of COVID. Uh, and um, there's been a bit of discussion of this in the last couple of weeks. With Bernard Hickey's been writing a lot about companies making big profits out of COVID. And I think the Green Party two weeks ago um, proposed a, a windfall tax um, on, on companies that have done well. And yeah, we know that banks and um, energy companies and supermarkets have posted Big profits. I think supermarkets, we're told, you know, make uh, have made one million dollars in excess profits every day in, in recent times. And so, I guess, yeah, that's just a question on my mind: is um, some of us have been struggling through COVID, and some of us have done very well. And should we be updating or adjusting how we do things um, to to take into account how we operate? And to me, it's not really necessarily about resentment or envy, but but about um, contributing at this time when um, people. Um, are really struggling going into debt. Um, and so I think it's an important conversation. Um, and I guess it, it's a window into that bigger conversation about how we want our society uh, to be um, as we go through this this really you know major pandemic, which is still with us. Yep. Nga mihi nui kia kora, both. Uh, that's uh, Max Harris and Julia Hartley-Moore. And there's a lot to discuss on Friday afternoon, including the Rugby World Cup final just after four right here on the panel on RNZ National.